You're listening to the Winnebus.net Podcast Network. They come from the bowels of hell, guided by a master plan on complete domination of the earth. It arouses such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refunds. But we are sorry for the little bit of a break. It happens sometimes. But this month, we are just going Deliberations of Doom we're, crazy. Yeah, we're going to go, like, full-on throttled, I don't know. Yeah, like, four Deliberations if, of Doom episodes this month. Is we're like the happen. monster truck show of, of pod, horror movie podcasts this month. <laughs> is that, I'm not really sure. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a a, a a reference frame for that. Deliberations, deliberations, deliberations. Look at the summers where I was like horrified. By <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys are over promising. I don't want to underdeliver. Well, I mean, we had a little hiatus because of Fantastic Fest, yeah. which Chris and I were like. It's 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 a it's, whole it's a thing. I saw yeah. Martin Thomas the other day at a screening, and he was like, "Hey." You don't have that weird hundred yard stare anymore. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I kind of got Fantastic Fest out of my system now. That's like a whole nother life when you're. It there. really and is. It's like a week before it and a week after. You're just yeah, all yeah, in that mode. What, whatever. Fantastic and then the SBs <laughs> took a vacation. I don't even know what that's all about. We but did, we had family vacation, but it didn't. It didn't interfere too much. I mean, I was really. I really think that patience and Chris should shoulder most of the. Okay, it's true. It's true. It's true. I I was disappointed that, I mean, you went to Marfa where, like, mysterious things are known. Why are you not doing paranormal investigations? And guys, we, Marfa has, like, we went to where the lights are. They're, like, they're, like, pinpricks at the horizon for, like, we were there for 15 minutes. Yeah. And you were like, well, that was not. Sorry, Scully and Fox. It wasn't really the way we thought it would be. It's still worth going. Marfa's really cool. I feel like since Patience is a fox, that makes me Scully. So, Uh, I don't know. Oh, wait. I am Chris, the decidedly not a fox. That's Patience. I'm Russ. And I'm Rob. And we are Deliberations of Doom, Doom, the deep cut horror podcast where we try to take a a solid look into movies, usually more of a theme. This week it's more of a sort of like, we try to regularly get to more recent streaming stuff that's out there that you guys can say, oh, it's on a streaming channel, you can watch it. Uh, so we're not just reviewing stuff where our newest movie is 30 years old. Yeah, exactly. Which sometimes <laughs> we do. Like, uh, like our, our, we're doing two on this, and then the next two will be... Straight for I can't believe we just finally decided to do this. I thought I would never talk you guys into doing something like this, but going like we're gonna watch all the Halloween movies. I was waiting for y'all to go. Oh fuck, I don't want to do like that. that well, yeah. actually, I mean, and then we're not watching the Rob Zombie Halloween we're not movies. The Rob so Zombie. I mean, although, we're, yeah. although I might anyway. Just I, I actually yeah. might too. Yeah. If you want your life to suck? You go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, that's gonna be saved for they, they another can't episode. Be worse than four, five, and six, right? right we'll review all those later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking I, about. We're, I did want. Uh, just mention real quick, as always, that we are a spoiler-heavy podcast. Spoilers! So if you haven't seen any of the movies and you're worried about them being spoiled, we, we try and dance around it for a little bit, but eventually we stop. Especially with these new ones, because these are all ones that are... You know, recent with our older movies, we don't give a shit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And, and these things, like I said, like our our thing is look at the list. We we print them on the page of what movies we're covering on the actual website, one of us net, and you can say, okay, I'm going to watch these movies and then listen. Is yeah. the ideal way to do it? But I know a lot of you guys out there don't give a fuck about spoilers, so whatever, whichever way you do it, 
We appreciate you being here and listening to us, and we appreciate you being a fan of the site and of oneofus.net, which the only way we can do this stuff is with subscribers. That's how we function. That's how we keep going. It's the only way the site can exist because it is, believe it or not, it's one of those, podcasting is a weird thing. The more popular you are, the more expensive it is to do it. The monthly costs go up significantly when there's a good month. Like this month was twice last month's and I suspect because we had a bunch of like Fantastic Fest coverage that was being co-covered by other people like like co- Austin, uh, Chronicle. Austin Chronicle and our numbers went way high and I was like, oh shit, now I'm going to have to pay a lot more money this <laughs> So that's got to be covered. I can't afford to do this unless you guys send us your your, your tithes. You put the money in the bowl when it gets passed around to to help us out. There's four different subscription levels. $2, $5, $10, $25. Each comes with perks with a bunch of hidden stuff in the forums, a lot of bonus content, a lot of videos, a lot of of, regular new audio content, some hidden photos, some stuff that relates back to the old Spill.com days that nobody has seen. Porn. Uh, Oh, wait. No, no no porn. porn. Are you sure about that? I was told by my lawyer, no. No, okay. Okay. Not even at the 25. There is definitely not porn. (laughs) No, there is. Because no one's ever going to say that's not on one of us.net. Yeah, believe me, I got that stuff, too. It's really a shame, because that really drive traffic. <laughs> it probably would. <laughs> Nothing drives traffic like porn. Cam girls! Um, but thank you guys uh, for listening, and without any further ado, let's start screaming with our review of one of the movies that I remember when this came out, Oculus, it was a pretty big deal to a lot of people, partially, I think, to a lot of people because Karen Gillan, who had gone to like who had become one of the most popular Doctor Who companions of all time before this. People loved her, and I did too. But for me, it was because it was directed by Mike Flanagan, who yeah. had already proven himself with Hush, and was like, whoa, this guy seems like a force to be reckoned with. I think this was before Hush. Was, was it? it? Yeah. 2013? I, uh, yeah, I believe that... Uh, uh, this is the oldest movie that we're reviewing today, as a matter of fact. Oh, no, Absentia is the one I yeah. had seen. Oh, before, I love I that movie, too. Fantastic Fest. And, uh, uh, and that's also available streaming, for the record. This is available streaming. Was it Netflix for this uh, one? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but you have the summerizations. Oculus. A woman tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon involving a mirror. Good job, Russ. Now, this was taken from a a really, like a lot of horror directors get their start with short films being first noticed. And for Flanagan, his big shot across the bow was a short film called Oculus Chapter 3, The Man with a Plan. That was not just noticed, but was the subject of a bidding war to go on to be a movie. And in fact, this movie would have happened years earlier, but he steadfastly refused to make it a found footage film. Everyone yep. was like, we'll make it right now, but it's got to be found footage. He said, no. Nope. Well, this was it. this is also when found footage was yeah. so super, like, hitting that peak popularity. I love Mike Flanagan. He is probably one of my favorite new and up-and-coming directors. And, and anything he makes, I'll watch. I think the only movie I haven't particularly cared for of his was Before I Wake. Mm-hmm. But, when but even I, that was very cool. But it was still good. Yeah, yeah, it was not a shitty movie. But Hush, Absentia, he made that sequel Gerald's to... Game. Gerald's Game. He made that sequel to Ouija, which was like better than the first one. Which, and you're just like, wait, bar. what? Low bar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, 
And he has a new show coming out. Yeah, the the Haunting of Hill House based yeah. on the Shirley Jackson short story. Super stoked. And smartly taking it and going, I'm not just making the story. I'm trying to do a new, ta- very new take on this. That to all reports, I mean, when y'all hear this, it'll already be out on on uh, Netflix. But we haven't had a chance to see it yet. But to all reports, people I know have seen it. They said this is fantastic. And what he chose to do, even people like like I I, I read something I can't remember what it was. It a really old school horror writer who saw it who was like I was really worried because Shirley Jackson's story is one of the all time classics, and it is. It's great if you've never read. It, it's wonderful. Uh, the, obviously, the movie The Haunting was a take on it, as well as the really yeah, terrible yeah. remake of it with Liam Neeson Ugh. years later. But, like, I was worried because I'm like, uh, they're making a TV series of it, and it's not the original story? And then he was like, yeah, they found... It's one of those things where, yeah, but the soul of everything that made that story resonant is here, even though it's a really different take on it. And I was like, that's what I want to hear. So Oculus is pretty good. Oculus is pretty good. <laughs> oh, I mean, I oh, really like this movie. I thought you guys were mixed on this. Uh, I liked... No. I loved Oculus, actually. Uh, okay. I'm going to yeah, give yeah, it... Ahead, I'm, I'm, no, I'm... I'm just, I, no, I, I remember watching this when it came out on Netflix a couple years ago, and I was blown away by it. And I feel like that was the first time that Mike Flanagan came onto my radar. And I was just like, oh, wow, he's an amazing director. And then it followed up with Hush, or I saw Hush after it anyway. Um, but I just, I really enjoyed it. I like the, the way that they go back and forth between modern day and then flashbacks. The cross-cutting is probably one of the best things about the movie. It, it was, according to Flanagan, the key to making it work. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't want to do it because he was like, I said the whole story in the short film, which is 30 minutes, the short film. He's like, I don't know what else I could do. And he thought about it for a while and finally was like, oh, wait, two different timelines. And that is the way for him that this was able to even be a feature. Yeah, and I, I know that they struggled over how to deal with that, and then eventually it came out beautifully. And I think this is one of the best, like, you know, what did you say, cross cuts? Is that what you called yeah, it? Yeah, cross cutting. I mean, that was one of the best things I've ever seen in, in a horror movie. And I, I really just enjoyed this movie a lot. I, I was raving about it years ago. Well, I mean, it came out in 2013, so not that many years ago, but I was definitely purporting it's, it's, awesomeness yeah yeah it, it was i remember being very very excited to see it um uh for, for you know, one like i said already was like familiar with flan again excited to see it also we were at that point where Blumhouse was doing a lot of exciting stuff even if it wasn't all good it was still like much better than anything else anybody was doing theatrically with horror and this looked like one that was like even from the trailers you're like wow this is different this is something I haven't seen before. Well, I think it's one of those movies that people would sort of, like, overlook. You know, it's on your Netflix queue, and you're like, oh, but this one looks better, or but this one looks better. Or, you know, it, 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 I think that people kind of sort of, like, o- underestimated it. And this is a solid horror film. It's got that mainstream slickness, yes. It has that really nice, like, storyline. It's got beautiful actors, like you said, Karen, Karen Gillen, Gillen, who is, is you know, a Doctor Who companion. Yeah. So, you know, it has all of that, you know, like, kind of niceness that you would 
kind of a, a tribute to the mainstream, but this is not a mainstream movie. This is a solid horror film. Uh, with uh, Katie Sackhoff as well, of course, like another geek cred here, playing like her mom in the flashback scenes, who is, uh, of course, best known as Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. Yes! Uh, wait, we're old. That just, you just aged us. And then us. Roy Cochran, <laughs> who's one of those actors I really expected to be bigger. Like, I remember seeing him in Dazed and Confused and going, I love that guy. He's great. And he's kind of always been kind of on the sidelines, despite being in a lot of really good films. Like, he was in Argo, you know? Yeah. You're like, I, I really like Rory Cochran. I was, like, so excited to see him here playing the flashback scene's father here. Uh, Chris, what did you, you take? I, I do thoroughly enjoy this film. I do think as it gets into the third act, a lot of things that it has been setting up, you're kind of like, okay, at this point I know exactly how this is going to play out. It, it does this thing that they find an interesting way to finally, knowing that, like, being aware enough of horror movies that, like, yes, the audience knows someone is going to die by the giant fucking, like, hook they've set up in the ceiling to crash the mirror. Obviously, someone is going to get killed There's from no that way. thing. There's no way that's but, but they still, they still found an interesting way to, to tease it with it where it keeps almost happening. And I love the whole, the house is fucking with you. There's no way that you can be sure what you're seeing is reality. And they have so over-prepared for, for knowing this ahead of time, like everything they can think of to try and make it so the house can't kill them. I love that whole history of the, this mirror and whatever is behind it, which is always left specifically like, I, we don't know, which was honestly, any explanation would have been lame. You know, it's one of those things best left to the Lovecraftian type feel of like, yeah, I don't know. It's evil. Don't worry about it. This is a Lovecraftian movie, too. Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean, it feels like you could definitely let the mirror alone looks like it could take place. in. in Well, I think Mike Flanagan even said he's like he wanted to draw on that Lovecraft. Maybe we should have saved it for a Lovecraft episode. (laughs) I mean, maybe it's not. I don't think it was a very Lovecraftian It's not overtly Lovecraftian, but I could so so see the influence. But I think that Flanagan... In his films, like he is interested in the idea of an unending and ancient evil. Yeah. And so I think the movie, in that sense, shares DNA with Lovecraft, like this this thing that this unknowable, like you know, scary presence that has now inserted itself. And Gillen, Sackoff, and Cochran nail it. Brent, Brendan Thwaites, who plays her brother, who's freshly out of the asylum after like basically being because. Like when their parents died, they they were like, uh, "Well, we're not going to consider supernatural means." So basically, you did it. Uh, like as an adult, he's not really great in this. He's just kind of like uh, he feels like first season supernatural. Uh, uh, like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about here? Like, <laughs> like I just like yeah, you're like you're kind of you don't have a lot of acting skills, but he also is supposed to seem kind of like distanced and a little freaked out. Um, but I did really enjoy it. Um, it certainly gets a kind of brutal. It has a very bleak ending. And it's funny, apparently, how hard the Flanagan has been like, no sequel. Yeah. Like, he's been very, like, not while, not while I have any control. It's like, you better, somebody better come to me with the best idea ever for there to be a sequel. Because other than that, no sequel. Which is funny because this thing is perfectly set up to continue and do a sequel. I would watch Oculus 2 if the right people were involved. If Flanagan was directing yeah, it, it's for a, sure. Yeah, it's actually a really, like, sequelizing concept. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to do the same actors, you just have the mirror. Yeah, the mirror is the only thing that has to be in all the movies. And despite there being no lack of mirror-related horror films, there's a lot of them out there. This Harry is, Potter. <laughs> this is the one that actually gets it right by not making it just about 
the mirror. You know, the mirror is just kind of a, a, a source of the evil. It's not about constantly reflections and things in the mirror. And that's cool. It set up this sort of alternate reality within an alternate reality and two different timelines. And as it goes along, watching how it becomes very confusing for the characters to figure out which timeline they're actually in at that point is executed in a way that's not confusing, which yeah. is incredibly hard to do. <laughs> what did you guys think? And it's creepy. I'm interested to hear uh, what, because I mean, Chris and I, I was, are usually I mean, on the same I was, page. But. You know, it's like you guys said, like, I, I was, this is, I think the first thing I watched Mike Flanagan, and I was impressed that he, he was a cut above what I was expecting. There was an intelligence and a level of craft that you don't always encounter with lower budget horror movies, and even Blumhouse horror movies, I don't think is always the hallmark of anything. So I was like, okay, this is pretty smart. Like, these actors are really good. Um, this is, uh, like you guys were saying, that, you know, the, the narrative, you know, structure, that it would jump back and forth in these timelines, never confuse you, and use that to build the horror, um, was pretty skillful. And I think, like, I was genuinely impressed by it. Uh, plus, I think that was maybe one of the first times I'd seen carrying it. I'm, Doctor Who, as Russ always likes to point out, is one of the big holes in our nerddom. Like, I don't, I'm not familiar with it. So, I, I knew who she was because of this movie, and uh, I would never have guessed that she's uh, British. Like, I was like, oh, my God. She pulled off the American accent yeah, without even thinking great. about it. Um, Brendan uh, Thwaites, who uh, I know you were kind of dogging on a second ago, I, after this, he makes a movie called The Signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated The Signal. But which one? <laughs> which one? Yeah. Both of them. them. you see seen both of them? Yes. The one with Lawrence Fishburne? Yes. Okay. So, whether or not you didn't like the movie... Oh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, I really liked the, the first two-thirds of that movie. He's really good in it, and I can tell... They keep trying to find him something, and now he's going to be Dick Grayson in the. Uh, no kidding, the he's he's Bat- Night the, Nightwing. The, the DCU Teens. Batman, which seems to be Titans. dead before it even started. But let's not let's not. We're not talking. We're not. Okay. Let's not go so down anyways, that rabbit hole. Um, he. So I, I just the, the acting was a, a cut above. Uh, I would actually say that I think Katie Sackoff and Rory Cochran are maybe a little bit of the weaker link. Like they're just okay to me. They they feel a little. I don't know. They're just, they don't really pop like, uh, the, the, uh, the kids do. I like them more. But, um, overall, I did like the, the mirror is the bad guy. Um, I liked her plan. I really like stuff like that where, like, the movie character has, like, a plan. She Who's smart. Up, right. She sets up the cameras. She has a goal. This is how we're going to prove that this is happening. And then she knows that the mirror can play with your perception of reality. So she constantly has alarms that tell them to eat, that tell them to reset things, that tell them where they are. That was really cool. Like, I like the idea that the character had thought about... Because, you know, when you watch a horror movie, and we watch a lot of fucking horror movies, yeah. you're just like, why don't they do something smart? And she had done something smart. She even had the, you know, booby trap to... Which Chris saying, obviously, is going to pay off, like, Chekhov's gun, but you just... You know, that idea that she's trying to be smart about it. Um, and then I like the idea that there's a long, continual exposition timeline of the history of the mirror which I really enjoyed. And none of it's similar. It's not like they all die in the same way. It's just that consistently around the mirror is death, destruction, and sadness. And that I really enjoy. Like, I really like that conception of the mirror as just this portal to awfulness and that it eventually destroys you. And, you know, it doesn't destroy her family in the way it destroyed anybody else. It just, you know, it creates paranoia, distrust, and then eventually, like, you know, disfigurement and, and some pretty upsetting stuff. So... I don't think the ending... I don't think... I think in a lot of horror movies, in the last act, it can get pretty 
sad. And I think, like, this movie is one of those where it's scary, but it's also kind of depressing. Like, it's not fun. It's not, like, no. you know, suspenseful or something. It's it, fun at first. Yeah. You're like, oh, like, you got this, girl. <laughs> eventually, like, I think, you know, you find out what actually happened to their family uh, in the previous timeline. And then, you know, in this timeline, you realize, like, they're doomed as well in some way. And that was a little, like, the fun goes out a little bit where you're like, you know, it's like it's like Hitchcock's Vertigo. I remember people talk about, like, the third act of that movie. Jimmy Stewart kind of figures out the mystery of the beginning, is the, the beginning of the third act, and you just have to watch it be terrible. So there's a little bit of that to this where I'm just like... Wait, are you coming down on Vertigo? No, but no, but I'm explaining, like, like that idea that... It doesn't have a happy ending. The movie is a little hard. Yeah. And, and it's, I, not, it's, not, it's not like a climax, like a suspenseful, right. fun... Climax like a Marvel movie or something. It's kind Except of like you're watching this tragedy. There's a unfold. point around the beginning of the third act where you realize all of your best laid plans right. are gone to ruin, and now you're just. But fucked. not in like a fun oh shit way. Yeah. more like a oh man, these guys are fucked. Uh, dude, some of the shit going on with Katie Sackhoff when you finally start seeing the flashbacks yeah. of like because they're the whole oh she's been up in the room for a while and you finally see her and you're like that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you know the movie is not afraid to go there, so it's a little upsetting, but. Um, but overall, I think it's really smart horror. I think Flanagan keeps kind of even, you know, uh, the, what is it? The sleep one? Um, what? Before I wake. Yeah, before I, wake. I didn't Which care is, for it. It's not great, but, but it's still better than a lot of other movies. I think he's an intelligent, uh, an intelligent and, and well, um, like a technically proficient filmmaker. And he genuinely knows how to really tell at least smart horror that doesn't drag and doesn't, you know, has great ideas. So... Uh, you know, this is another one I really enjoyed. Anyways, Russ, what are you? I'm reading. Um, so I think we had started this. You, I think you finished it, and I didn't get to watch it all the way through. So this is the first time I'd seen the whole movie. Um, but obviously, I liked a lot of Flanagan's other work. Um, and I think you know, this has that patented Blumhouse single location thing. Um, and obviously, I think there are a lot of movies that do the single location thing wrong in that it's either kind of ridiculous because they have to come up with a super contrived way to keep everybody stuck there or it's like something super gimmicky and they're like look I figured out a way to make everybody stay in this one thing that shouldn't have a movie in it or something stupid um, so I, I appreciate that uh, about it I mean I think obviously yeah you're right that's really uh, yeah that's a good point because it's like instead they're all in the same location but it's in different times and I don't think I realized I mean, it was probably deep into the movie, and I realized, oh, they're only going to stay in this location. It, it's like a Blumhouse thing, but then I was like, oh, but it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like forced or gimmicky, and so that was really great. And obviously, I think I pointed that out to you. You said, it's the cross-cutting. It's the cross-cutting under. So, um, I, you know, he's obviously a bright talent, and now he's, you know, he's doing greater. Uh, I, I really dig that the movie's about close siblings. I mean, obviously, I relate to that, but I think that that's always good in movies. It's always weird to me when people, you know, don't, you know, they, they, they just, they barely have anyone they talk to. And, and they, these people felt like they had real inner lives and other things going on. Um, uh, the two main actors, I think, are great. I, he obviously caught them both right before they started to blow up. So that, that really worked in the movie's favor. Um uh, let me see. I didn't always follow the plot. I did think it was at times super confusing. I'm not even sure that I totally understood what all the clocks were for and everything. Um, but it didn't matter. I was really excited and, and I, I liked it. I think the other great thing I think is the movie has a lot of production value. It feels like a movie, like a big capital M movie. It doesn't feel like a super low budget movie. Um, it has a mainstream quality to it. It does. And I, I appreciate that. And I also think that, um, 
as we talked about, the characters are smart. They don't make dumb horror movie decisions, or as I like to call them, DHMDs. <laughs> I, like it. I love that so much. That's a that new thing. That's our thing. thing. It, it will yeah. be. Uh, you know, the writing's good. There's, it's a great score. I remember the score was really good. Um, and I, I just want to point out, it's interesting to note how little horror there is in the movie, particularly the first half of the film. Um, and you don't care. I mean, there's not a lot of gore or ghosts. I mean, it, it's suspense. It, yeah, it really is. And then, and and then character stuff, which can sometimes be a little overwrought or boring. But it, you know, you really like these people, so it is almost. I think sometimes horror movies make that mistake where they go, well, "We're also going to make it about the characters." You know, it's really it's not just to, you can care about them before we start whacking them. Yeah, okay, but that means that I have to sit through 70 minutes of boring character yeah. shit for 15 minutes of them getting blacked I think off. Flanagan gets that thing, you can do that in the middle and related to the suspense. If you're a good writer-director. Exactly. Yes. I don't need 30 minutes of you hanging out with your family, having picnics and shit. Like, I, like just get us started yeah. and find opportunities in the middle of it to organically make that stuff come out. Right, and they do that. Like, when she's explaining the history, and they, they, they stop and they argue about the history, and then they argue with each other, and then they go back to, you know, explaining the history of the mirror. And they felt like, you know, it was a real relationship. It was great. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I agree with you guys that the, the third act didn't work quite as well. I don't think third acts are flaming in strength. Yeah. Uh, the final ending, as we said, was a little awful. <laughs> Um, so it's definitely a downer, but you know, true to what the movie was trying to do. So overall, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is this was definitely one of the high points of the movies that we watched. Uh, let me ask a spoiler question real quick. Uh, so if anybody hasn't seen the movie, you may want to jump past the question. Did she kill her boyfriend or not? Because it seemed like that was yeah. the one thing she did for sure. She yeah, I yeah, think for sure I think she for did. Sure she right. did. For a second, she thought she, she thought. She well, that was the question. So many yeah, did, no, like, she definitely like, like it was. She was else. like hallucinating, and, and, and that was the one I, thing where she knew like that yeah. was the hubris moment. Right. Where she was like, uh, that really all that, all of her preparation, all that I got this that she had suddenly came to naught, and she was she like. Was like Oh, Everything shit. I did, and I still murdered I still, my own boyfriend yeah. because the house still tricked me. Yeah, uh, And I just want to say, and this, again, is not necessarily so much a comment about the movie as it is about Flanagan as a director. Like, uh, I, this was probably my first Flanagan movie that I saw. I think I saw Hush After and then Absentia somewhere in between those two. And I just, I love him as a director. He does amazing things. He's... He is he as One far of the most as interesting new guys to watch. Absolutely. And now yeah. and now he's he's like the darling of the Stephen King universe and I I mean I even though I had some problems with Gerald's game he nailed that movie yeah. unlike anyone could have. He took what is my second least favorite Stephen King book after the Tommyknockers. Oh my God. And You're my it, twin. And made it into a really solid horror it was, I went into it going, I know Flanagan's doing gonna, it, but there's no fucking way. So there's no way you can yeah. ever pull this and off. he pulled it off. Yep. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's the next? Uh, uh, the next one is actually one wasn't even on my radar. Who suggested Ruin Me? Who was it? Um, okay. So not even my radar. It was on Shudder. 
where you can watch it. We love our show. I was like, okay, sure. What you know? I, I don't care. I'm up for whatever. I, I like. I'm one of those guys on Shutter. I just go. I haven't seen it. Let's watch it. And, and then, like seriously, uh, horror lovers out there, if you're not watching Shutter, it's five dollars a month and the, for the, the love. Selection is insane. And they have so. Yeah. I mean, they have shit that you cannot find. Not just horror, suspense, well, science fiction, thrillers, and, television uh, shows. Channel Zero season one and two. Oh, yeah. that's right. Like that's right. Channel Zero. Again, a lot of people out there, a lot of people who listen to us are like, I cut the cable on cable a long time ago. I didn't have the sci-fi channel to it's watch that. $5. Well, now you can watch, now you can watch uh, the No End House uh, on there, which yep. we've been raving about since almost uh, the, the show be- started. Yeah. Uh, like, it's on there. You can watch it for I love for No End House is like my yeah. favorite. Anyway, so that. this one ruined me. Um, relatively new movie. One wasn't on my radar at all, but actually super glad that uh, you guys suggested it. I, I I really enjoyed this. It kept me guessing, but who's got the summarization? Uh, me. Uh, Alexandra is dragged by her boyfriend to Slasher Sleepout, an extended weekend camping trip slash horror movie escape room. When their fellow attendees begin to die mysterious deaths, they are forced to confront the reality that there may be an actual killer somewhere in the woods with them. And, and see, I, I I think that my best way to describe this movie is it's kind of like an escape room in the forest. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like the, the, something I would, if someone tomorrow was like, oh, no, that's a real thing. We really do that. I'd be like, where do I sign up? Um, oh, my God. That's so funny you would say that because the whole entire time I'm watching this movie, I was like, Chris would totally be like doing this. First guy. Yeah. First guy signed up for this going like, yeah, where it's like, okay, bunch of people you like don't know each other. Put them out in the middle of nowhere. You're given a bag full of shit that uh, some of which is obvious, like a t-shirt for it. Some of which is like, why do I have this yeah. weird thing? Each person has like their own unique object and, in their backpack. And you're like, oh, you encounter challenges along the way that you have to figure out. And none of the challenges in here seemed uh, particularly obsequious, like to the point where you were like, and no one would ever get that. No, uh, but just- you know, the strength is here that Marcy and Dwyer, who plays Alex, is doesn't really want to be there. She's there to make her boyfriend happy. Uh, she's not really into horror films, but she's the one who keeps figuring out all the shit. And all the other characters here are kind of caricatures in horror films. Like they're, they're all like, there's the like super metal gothy couple. Like the goth couple. And, and she's there's, like, there's the weird Ed Kemper up. type guy who's there, you know, and you're just like, okay, we're going to like, for this type of film, we're hitting sort of like, like, marks we expect to hit the surprise is as it goes along like you start getting to people seem to be getting killed and disappearing but you're like wait uh, by the nature of it you're like is this really happening or not i'm getting the feeling that you liked it i did enjoy this there was it was one of those films that had me deciding whether or not I liked it all the way till the end where i was constantly like i don't know if i like this or not yet it's so about the gimmick that if it doesn't pay off right, I'm going to be disappointed. And did it pay off? I felt ultimately it did. Yeah. And it wants to have it all. It wants to both, it wants to both be the game and to also be like, whoa, nothing is what you thought it was and evil exists. And, uh, you know, it's awkward, but it's a low budget horror film that, somehow managed to make it kind of come together enough where at the end I was like, that was fun. I would watch that again. Um, the performances are a mixed bag to be sure, but it's also trying to deliver all the stuff 
that like in a slasher film that like in the eighties you would expect. There's some really gratuitous nudity. There's some really gratuitous gore. Like it, it's like. I wonder at some point if they even told some of these actors, don't do too good a job. Because <laughs> it feels like Friday the 13th level acting through yeah. a lot of it um, in almost an intentional way. But it is fun. I did find like the final twist after like four twists was a little like, okay, well, when you go back through everything, I'm not sure this completely makes sense that uh-huh. this would have actually been the case. I mean, this person seemed a little too together to be as big of a psychopath as they ended up being, but like her, you know, this is a spoiler cast. So her, her boyfriend, I was like, come on, really? After all that, he's a raving lunatic. It's like horror movies often fall into that trap with the twist thing of like, Oh, the least for last person you expect. I'm like, do psychopaths work that way, or they, can they just switch it on and off like they that? Do the movies. Yeah, they do in the movies, yeah. and sometimes there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief. But this is a movie that is definitely going for like it's not a flat out horror comedy, but that's there the comedy part and I satire even. And I I feel like maybe it would have worked a little bit better if they'd even pumped up that level a little bit more because it is a little hard to buy that final twist, but it's still fun. I had a good time. Um, I, I love anything with puzzles in it. Well, like horror movies like this, like, like where it's like, Ooh, you have to, they have to solve things on the way. I love that kind of shit. I love puzzle movies I in agree. general. So yeah, I had fun with it. I, I, I don't think this is an all time classic, but it's one I would definitely recommend to people. Um, and the, it is very typical, the type of like low budget horror films that Shudder is great at seeking out and going, that's like, true. This, this is one that horror fans are in fact going to really enjoy, you know, not, not a classic, but, uh, you know, a miss right now. <laughs> I, I actually, I agree with pretty much almost everything you said. Um, for me, this is kind of, this is trying to be a meta movie in my head. Uh, immediately, I feel like they were trying to go in the way of the meta, which is very popular right now when it comes to the horror. Way the way of the meta. And for me, meta movies have to, like nowadays, and when meta movies like Swin Scream very first came out, for example, all you had to do was like call on the trope and that was like, oh my God, mind blowing. But now you have to do something better than that. You have to be like interesting yeah. in a unique yes. way. Yeah. And I feel in order to be successful, and I feel like this didn't necessarily do that for me. So, um, they call out Cabin in the Woods immediately, uh, scream. Uh, I mean, like, word for word, there's like a whole phrase that they call out Carrie, Sixth Sense, um, Chaos. Shutter Chaos, Chaos. which was uh, actually a a direct reference. They are literally like, hey, you, oh, so you like Chaos. That's your favorite horror film. Shutter Island. I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, sort of call outs, but I just don't think that this movie quite pulled it off as successfully as other meta movies that we're going to talk about, especially later. Um, I did like the whole concept of this like camping escape room yeah, uh, weekend. I totally want to do. Yeah, which I yeah. well I knew immediately. I was like, this is totally Chris Cox, and he's totally. If this ever happened, he's going to make me go. No, I'm going to be the guy who throws it. 
I'll be, I'll be the weird, crazy Owen Egerton mastermind behind the whole thing. Right? <laughs> and then each 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 person gets their own backpack with their own unique item. And then immediately you're like, okay, so again, spoiler, uh, our, like, la- our girl, our final girl, she gets a condom. So you're like, oh, she's our final girl because she gets a condom. Um, the, there was this one part with this scene with the ocean um, between her past love and her current love. And it was very like, like saw for me. That was my favorite part of this whole film. I I completely agree. It's exactly what I was. I, uh, up until that part, I was like, okay, okay, okay. But that scene, that was fucking amazing. And I kind of wanted more of that. Like, give me a saw in the woods and I would have been, like, thrilled about this film. But they try to do too much, I feel like. Um, There's, like Chris was alluding to, there's a lot of different ways that this movie could have gone. There's a lot of different twists and turns that are trying to throw you off of the the trail and you're, like, trying to keep you guessing. But you know it's going to be, like, one of four possibilities, basically, is what's going to come down to the end. And then the one that they chose was probably my least favorite. Mm-hmm. I felt like the, the, the end was my, the weakest, uh, possibility. I felt like it was a cool concept for meta horror. I definitely think it failed in the third act. I don't think I felt it so, set us self up with an unsatisfying ending. I don't, I mean, I, I just felt like it was weak compared to the See, rest of it. I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, if they had ended before a final twist, and just been like, it's the game. I would have been like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, they definitely had like <laughs> four like solid possibilities. And the one that they ended up with, I felt like was the least like, not desirable, but it was just the lamest. It was the most like, oh, of course, that's the one that they chose because that's the one that you figured it was. Where they could have gone a whole different way. Um, it was just, I thought the ending was really cliche and I would have preferred a straight up like saw in the woods. That's what I wanted. But uh, do you think that maybe perhaps you're, you're judging the movie based on this whole other, you're like, but if it had been saw in the woods. But you can't that? help but, because the movie well, spends the I mean, whole time that, that ocean, yeah, bombs, and that yeah. ocean scene just was amazing. That was the highlight for me, and I wanted more of that. And I didn't get that. I got, like, lame, meta, in between, and then a really predictable ending. When they could have gone, well, I thought it was funny because he was like, yeah, we went full on Shutter Island. And I was like, well, that would have been a better ending if they had gone full on Shutter Island. But they went, like, insane boyfriend. Hmm. Sorry to anybody who hasn't seen Well, this once movie. again, this is a spoiler. Spoiler thing, heavy. So no need yeah. to apologize. Uh, Russ? Yeah, Russ. I don't have too much to say about the movie. I, I, I agree with you all. I enjoyed it. Um, I... I wasn't quite sure what to make of it at first, like definitely as they were setting up everybody. Um, I felt like the characters kind of veered between, you know, sort of broad and and cliche to actually, you know, kind of nuanced and interesting and, and often even in the same scene. Uh, you know, but it was a good, it's a good setup. Um, I didn't think it fell totally into the usual traps. Uh, so I was intrigued, I was interested, and... and um, you know, and then it did have kind of that weird reset with the beach scene, 
where it almost starts to be another movie. And so I thought that was exciting. Like, I did not know where the movie was going, um, which is, you know, something you can't always say about a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, you know, the last half, as you said, it's not as strong. Although, you know, it has the, the, the twist, which is cool. Um, it is, I, I just want to point this out real quick. It is a terrible title. I don't know who came up with that title. Ruin me. Because are you ruined? They say that a lot to her. Are you ruined? It's a terrible... Is it, it is, it's it's not, not a good title. Fucking yeah. dumb. Just, I can't believe somebody... I would have called it the horror game or something like that. You, you know? would. That's, that's, a that's a terrible title. title. Yeah, but you know, at least it's better than ruin me. I, I, yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I guess. Like ruined, but I, I see that it's not helpful to the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of things didn't seem very plausible. Um, but you're not very plausible. It does, it's true. Your mom's um, not very plausible. What is it with <laughs> you and my mom? But it didn't. It didn't matter. Uh, ultimately, I think you know. Like I think Cox kind of uh, put it best with the. You know, this is a good movie to watch on Shutter. You know, if you're like, yeah, I want to watch a horror movie on Shutter. I haven't seen. You know, and this looks. It'll. It, it kind of hits. It kind of hits everything. It's a little almost overstuffed. It tries to be so many different movies that I. I feel like that's one of the reasons it doesn't get all of it right. But anyways. Um, yeah, you guys have hit on almost all my points uh, collectively, but I would say... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. You should go first next time. No, Are no, you no, saying I, that we all agree? No, I think it's good. I, I, think, that, I think it's watchable, but it's, and, and it's better than watchable, in fact, especially, uh, spoiler alert for what's coming next, but I'd rather watch this than almost any Halloween sequel except for me. <gasps> I just, they're not... I mean, like, this is a pretty... This is a pretty, you know, competently made movie. It's watchable. It's unfortunately a little forgettable. Like, even going back and trying to think of what happens in the movie. And I remembered more, like, moments or little things, but I didn't really... The movie didn't stay with me, certainly the characters and stuff. Um, I, I agree with Patience that it, it, the meta is not as clever or um, or insightful as it needs to be to really be successful at something like that. Like, just referencing... Horror movies, you, you need to have something to say. I think that was the thing about Scream. The first time you see it was such a, like, you know, eye-opener when they'd seen the movies you'd seen, but he also had something to say about them. He's like, you're not supposed to do that, and let me tell you why. And, you know, and I think that, you know, Cabin in the Woods, like, you know, the, you know, the attempt to deconstruct, you know, genre and, and, and tropes in there... You know, they, they, that they, they are, like, self-aware. Like, you wouldn't do that. Why would you split up? And the upcoming You Might Be the Killer, which right. you guys haven't seen yet, but oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, well, let's not talk about another movie. But, um, <gasps> so, uh, the thing with The Drowning is probably the most spectacular. I think it's just the rest of the movie's been somewhat in the woods, and they end up on this beach, and then they, they, there's all this underwater photography, and there's this tension about what's happening. It is. It did throw oh, me a yeah. little because it comes a little out of left field. That, that stuff I'm still not entirely clear. I was There was a moment I was like, at the end, it was like, so wait. Yeah. What happened with yeah, all that beach movie stuff? Doesn't really hold up to close, close They do tie point. it up in the end, but I, that beach stuff was, that was my favorite part of the whole entire movie. I mean, it was cool, but I felt like it was going to, I don't know, make more sense. Right. I, I, for me, it feels like almost surreal. Like, I'm like, we're in a different movie, like, on this beach. Yeah. It, it does feel, feel like a different it. movie, that's though. That's what I liked about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, that speaks to me. But then by the movie. end, you were kind of like, okay, so that felt literally like a different movie that intruded on this film and yeah. never really organically. I wanted right, more of that. We're, we're, that in a, we're in a Killer in the Woods movie. In most, in a Killer in the Woods movie, there's never all of a sudden a beach. Yeah. So I think that that... That's <laughs> true. Unless there's a campfire and a bunch of drunk teenagers. For another sequence, another... <laughs> um, also, uh, you know, the cast is is good, but they don't stand out. And I think, like Russ said, like they, they are a little broad or they're a little cliche, and I don't think the actors like elevate the material in some way that's like spectacular. But 
Overall, I would say, like I said, I'd rather watch this than a lot of horror movies. That's that true. Through, you know, and this podcast, like, it's, it's fairly entertaining. There's a plot. There's twists. The, you know, it's confidently made. You know, some stuff's even pretty good. So, um, yeah, I think it's another. another movie. We watch a lot of shitty horror movies. I mean, this and this was a it was a good crappy movie. Yes. So we we've got a block in the middle here of, of arguably horror comedies. Our next one is indeed another arguably horror, well more overtly a horror comedy, which is Dead Shack, directed yeah. by Peter Rick. I, I guess is how you say his name. R I C Q. Okay. How would you pronounce that? I don't know. But apparently he is known for being uh, one of the head writers on a show called The League of Super Evil, an animated show, which I never saw, but has a huge cult following. Interesting. Um, uh, you know, where it follows the supervillains. Uh, but who's got that? Uh, Rusty yeah. of the summerization? Uh, the Rob. Uh, from IMDb. Uh, Rob. Sorry, yes. While staying in a cabin in the woods during the weekends, three teenage kids discover their neighbor is feeding guests to her zombie family. Now the kids must fight to save themselves and their family. That was super deadpan. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. So, Put some expression on Can you give it a little bit like more like verve or viv? Je de viv. Okay. Okay. Get into character. While staying in a cabin in the woods during the weekend, three teenage kids discover their neighbors feeding guests to her zombie family. Now the kids must fight to save themselves and their family. Okay. So... This is why he's a director, Fucking not an Fucking fantastic. <laughs> that was better than the duff, 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 duff. We made our poor audience sit through this. Twice. Uh, they, that's what they listened overall, to us for. Uh, this, to me, was probably uh, one of the unexpected best movies of the... Uh, oh, you guys the- liked this shit? Wait, give him a chance. Come Sorry. on. Sorry. Well, whatever. Um, I saw the trailer and I'm like, this looks pretty funny. I was kind of stoked. And... Uh, I pushed for it because I was like, oh, guys, Shutter's got this new movie, Shutter exclusive. Um, overall, I think this movie kind of rocks. Like, I mean, I think, we again, we watched a lot of bad... I think this is better than uh, Ruin Me. Um, and I was just like... I just thought it was really... It had, like, an energy, and it was pretty clever as well made. Uh, it was pretty funny. Um, I liked the cast a lot. So, overall, I didn't have... My biggest complaint, I think, is that... And this is happening to me a lot with some of these lower budget movies. Like, there's this weird thing that people seem to sort of revel in the fact that their characters are somewhat obnoxious and almost like they have no redeeming qualities. And I was reminded of, like, Laser Team. I don't know if you guys have seen Laser Team. <laughs> but, like, the idea of Laser Team is awesome. Um, I love the idea. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but... Uh, the Rooster uh, Teeth movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a Rooster yeah. Teeth movie, but it's like these guys, these guys, uh, these kind of clueless guys find uh, a super suit, an alien super suit, and they can only use, each one can only use a piece. But I remember watching the movie, I could barely sit through because I just was so irritated by the characters. I could tell that the filmmakers thought that their sort of crass obnoxiousness was funny. And it, it really, it was, it just was grating. And I think a lot of people make that mistake in comedy. Um, I still remember one of my friends worked on uh, um, uh, Long King Polly, and I remember like they had to rethink Phil Seymour Hoffman's character because he's kind of an obnoxious character. Yeah. And they went back and they added a scene where he he goes at Ben Stiller before their wedding at the beginning. He says something like, "He made sure to marry her. Like maybe she's not right for you." And they'd add that because it made him seem like he's his friend. Otherwise, you're like, "What the fuck would you hang out with this guy?" Right. This movie, my biggest complaint with it, besides maybe that the ending is sort of wraps up a little quick and doesn't feel satisfying. Um, the characters skirted with that, but I still thought they were actually funny, and they do, as the movie goes on, you do see they really care about each other, um, and I thought that uh, 
the the, the dad was an awesome character. Yeah, he's the strong point he's of the whole. The, I mean, that character that character shows like how smart the movie is. Um, I think I also really liked the uh, the stepmom and the stepmom's relationship with everybody. Like, you know, a uh, lot a lot of people gave like a criticism to this movie specifically in this modern age of saying like, okay, here's an Asian American actress I mean, who's treated as just a fucking harried and awful person. I know, but I don't think it, I don't think it's because she's Asian. Right. Like, I don't think they play into her. And I don't want to speak for all Asians and, and their representation. Um, I'm not sure about that critique. Uh, I would always love more diversity in films. But um, as far as uh, a character, I thought she was funny because they didn't like her and she didn't like them. And I love the way she just didn't want to be fucking involved. Uh, and uh, I, I also, uh, her fate was the first time I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, it's like this. It's like, brutal. Right. Well, it's just awesome. Like, you don't expect it, you yeah. know? Uh, or at least, at least things going to be there. Um, I didn't really realize for a second that the bad guy was Lauren Hutton. Yeah, Holly. Lauren Holly, Holly. Lauren Holly, who I've had a crush on like forever. Uh, yeah. uh, great to see her. I don't remember being in a movie in a while, so no, she I like her. A lot of small parts in TV Anyways, shows. I have more to say, but I think you guys would probably cover it. Overall, I would give this one one of the higher thumbs up of the movies that we watched, mostly because wow. I'm like, I just like it's Evil Dead sort of vibe, you know, I thought it was kind of, it was trying to be fun. I don't think it's a particularly scary movie, but if you like violence, it's certainly a violent movie. We like violence. Um, yeah, we like I violence. I love it. Or as, as Cersei says, violence, I, I choose violence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, anyways, uh, Chris, what do you think? Oh, no, no, we're going this way, because right, I started, no, so no, it's no, going no. backwards now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I... Ahem. No, I, I, I too enjoyed the film, uh, like like Rob. I, I thought it was funny, and I did think, um, yes, obnoxious characters, something the Summers Brothers uh, have little to no tolerance for, um, particularly when it feels like the character, the, the filmmakers are really leaning into that. Um, I think you, you know, you really have to have a deft touch, and I thought that this movie did. Um, and so I agree. I thought they were, they were really funny. Uh, I did think that. Um, the, the movie was, you know, it's somewhat shallow. It doesn't, I don't know it has a lot to say or even necessarily to add to the zombie genre. Um, uh, I thought the setup was, was fine. Um, it's really just an excuse for these characters to kind of do stupid stuff. But what I liked was it was not exactly the sort of cliched, let's take these characters who wouldn't normally be in a zombie movie and then we'll put them in a zombie movie um, because I thought what was going on wasn't a typical quote-unquote zombie movie. So I, I like that. It had an interesting villain. Um, I thought the same thing, like, holy shit, is that Lauren Holly? Like, when it first dawns on you. And she was great. She, she, had, um, one of, you know, she had a really good part to play, and she did a really good job with it. Uh, let me see here. Uh, it did devolve into, at times, DHMDs. Yeah. Dumb horror movie decisions. Yeah. Uh, the, the Which is weirdly more acceptable in a horror comedy than it is in a slightly more, movie. but, you know, the, the rock throw and the dad wanting to go... I was sort of like, yeah, y'all can't come up with something better yep. for this to, to for this movie to hinge on rather than getting in the car. I don't know. Um, anyways, oh, and I wanted to give a, a small shout-out to the uh, the deadpan waitress that they deal with <laughs> in the restaurant. Uh, <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, that whole scene is great, and I think that's when the movie really kicks into gear. Uh, uh, a small, just a small technical criticism, it definitely has that made-in-Canada look. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Words, it looks like a syndicated TV show from the late 90s to the early aughts. Uh, so that would be my only small critique of it from a technical standpoint. But overall, again, I thought like a really fun, 
like little movie. Uh, so, anyways, Jason, I am super mad at you guys because you're always mad at us. <laughs> no, I no, no, no that's she not true. Started, first thing she said when she got here is like, "I love you guys." So. No, and I love all three of you so much. But you guys made me watch this movie, and I think I hated this movie. And you know what makes me super mad is all three of you were like, you're going to fucking love this movie. I, did, I never said that. I never said you that. You did, actually. I said, you, I, I said, I think you might enjoy this. Well, I That's didn't. That's as far as I went. Well, okay. I, I just like, uh, okay. Please tell us why. Okay. I, I Thank you, Russ. I, I will. Um, first of all, I, I thought the banter between the dad and the kids was great, but it tries, it just, it's, it's like trying a little bit too hard for me. And there were like like you said, dumb horror movie decisions. And that's something that is mostly unforgivable in my book. Even with a horror comedy, even when you're tr- I mean, like who does the uh, the decisions that the people make in this movie really just made me so angry. And there's a lot of inconsistencies, there's a lot of plot holes as far as, like, story-wise goes. I mean, you can be a a terrible movie, but if you're consistent and you have a good storyline, then I'm going to forgive you for that. If you're funny, I'm going to forgive you for that. If you can't keep your shit together, that's unforgivable. So you, didn't, you did or did not think the movie was ever funny at any point? <laughs> Okay, so the first two acts, I was like, I fucking, I'm literally writing in my notes, I hate all of you guys for making me watch this. Why did they think I would like this? I did like the third act. So, yeah, the third act did did come together for me because they had some really great deaths. Um, They had some really great gore that made up for a lot of the inconsistencies in the first two acts. So I I did forget it, forgive it a little bit. The big reveal was, come on, people, you can do better than this. We're not amateurs. But the ending I did like, the dialogue and acting are so bad in this movie. Come on. Like, they're, it's just bad. I don't know that I agree, but okay. All right. I hated it. I was angry. She's looking at me for confirmation. I'm keeping my mouth shut. I was angry for 60 minutes of this movie. And then the last 30 minutes, I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. All right. I liked that. Oh, that was a cool death. Was it just not your sense of humor? It's it's not that it's not my sense of humor. It's just that, oh, Alexa. (laughs) Unplug Alexa. (laughs) Alexa's just, she's listening to us and she's like, hi, Chris. Today, yeah, she and then more. I just, I just thought the plot was weak. The gore was okay. It was mediocre. The ending was pretty good. That's right. the best I can give it. See, I come between you guys. I, I did enjoy this film. I, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to revisit it. But I did, I got sent this on Blu-ray. We actually reviewed this for Digital Noise. And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm keeping this. This is cute. I would turn other people onto this and go, I don't know you'll love this, but you might. And one of the keys to this film that would have made this film work that much better if they had spent that much more focus on him is indeed 
uh, Stinson, the dad, who uh, Rob Hunter from Film School Rejects described as the Canadian Jake Johnson, and it's yes, like, dude, yes, fucking nailed yes, it. Yeah, exactly. like I thought it was him, like for a minute or two. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's totally who that guy is. Whenever he's on screen, he's fucking great. He's really funny. He's like, he's a complete like. Like he he's he's kind of a wasteoid, but he does love his kids. Like he is by far the most interesting character in this film, next to Lauren Holly, who who like the film doesn't treat as a complete abstract. That we get into like what's wrong with her, what's her pathology, why is she sick, sicking zombies on people? And I feel like her story is so it's so ultimately like just sad. That it doesn't work in a horror comedy. You're like, wow, I feel so. You're so broken. It's so horrible what you're. What happened to you and how you're dealing with it? Like, I, it just makes me sad every time we get more into it. And I'm supposed to be laughing. This is the movie presenting itself ultimately as a straight up horror comedy? Chris like, Cox has a heart, people. Uh, the rest I, I, of us true. do not. Yes. <laughs> he says when I was crossing, even though it's small and it's cold, and you can't remember the last time you used it. That's <laughs> <laughs> very true. I used it now. Um, I, I think everyone is fine, but only Stinson really stands out as somebody you're like, I would watch something else with this guy. The gore is okay. There's some interesting moments. That's There's some fine. even surprising fun moments with it. Uh, well, you know, I don't have a hell of a lot to add. Like I said, I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. I agree with some of your criticisms. I agree with some of y'all's, like, props. But I I came out of this movie going, it was all right. I'm glad I saw it. I I don't know if I'll watch it again, but, but like, uh, it it was an, an imperfect execution of a really solid idea. Is what I come down. I, I kind of feel this is the opposite of Ruin Me, where I liked the whole idea of Ruin Me, but I hated the ending. I did not like the idea of of Dead Shack, but I liked the ending. All right. Well, uh, the last movie in this segment is one I have been I fought to get this on here, be, mainly because the moment I heard about it, it was like I really want to see this fucking movie. Is Mom and Dad, and one of the reasons I really wanted to see this movie is because. Like everyone else, apparently on the planet right now, we've all decided Nick Cage is primed for a major comeback as a cult figure. Comeback? I want to talk about this. This is my thing, and I even have this in my notes. I'm I'm tired of this Nick Cage renaissance bullshit. Listen. left, everybody. That's, uh, I want to talk about this. All right, but, uh... Like, this is Brian Taylor, half of uh, Neville Dean Taylor, who did the Crank movies. Uh, those two have since split and have gone on their own way. The fact that I actually love both the Crank movies, I was super excited to see this one for for that, despite the fact they've never delivered anything. He also did Ghost Rider, too, they've just never delivered FYI. anything really worth watching, except the, the Crank director. movies. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and like I said, Nick Cage, who clearly has got this up to 19, once again, I always, if everyone says up to 11, Nick Cage is the only guy who gets dial up to 19, because he's the only actor capable of turning the dial up to 19, and not just being a complete mess on screen. But, uh, the summerization, well, this is a short one, a teenage girl and her little brother must survive a wild 24 hours, during which a mass hysteria of unknown origins causes parents to turn violently on their own kids. Guess who's one of the parents? Who? Who is it? Oh, it's Blair. And Nick Cage. <laughs> oh, oh, Nick Cage is in this. All right, so we're going, we, the first two we started from me, 
Now we start this side. SBs. Yeah, I know, but the first two uh, we started this I way, thought, so. um... So, I was looking forward to this. This was already a movie I would have watched if you were watching it for this podcast. Uh, I was definitely uh, stoked to um, see it. I, I watched Neville Dean Taylor's stuff, and I guess this is just uh, Neville Dean, right? Yeah, it's no, it's just, it's just Taylor. Brian Taylor. Um, I was... <laughs> I think the idea is, is good. I, I see that probably... Neville Dean recently had kids. Or Taylor. Or Taylor, sorry. Taylor must have recently had kids. Because obviously the movie is this thing of, oh, well, there's a, it's a, obviously this big metaphor for, well, you have kids, you, sometimes as a parent you want to kill your kids, like they drive you nuts and they ruin your life. And what if that was a horror movie? And that's obviously a thing that people are, like, that horror is good at, is being a metaphor. I don't think in the end, especially when you get to the last scene in this movie, this movie has something to say about its metaphor. Like I get it, I get what it what you're what we're what we're talking about, and I get the horror metaphor, but I don't really think it really goes anywhere. And I think by the especially when you get to that last shot, like I was like, this is the end of the movie. Like it just it just stops, and obviously it ends on what's supposed to be this punctuation joke about you know parents and kids. Uh, just such an eye roll and a shrug for me at that point. And I felt it was going that way because it starts to not really seem to have anywhere to go. And I was like, so it's just going to like kind of slap to an ending. And it does. And that was too bad. I think that um, the build-up's a little long. I don't think the family's particularly uh, interesting or original. There's no. anything specific. When they're trying to be happy family, it's... So, but I don't even corny. think it feels like they don't. It never feels real. It never yeah. feels genuine. I don't really feel anything for Nick Cage and Selma Blair. I think like I get the thing that oh, Nick Cage, he's at eleven, kinda. But I kind of wish he was eleven because I kind of feel like it's pretty boring. Like he's he, he doesn't really make an impression on me in this movie in a way that he has in other movies. Like he's good, but I don't think he he's doing something. He has a big speech. A, uh, about a pool table, which is a really long, boring scene. Oh my it god! It could be yeah. a lot shorter because it makes his point, and then it keeps making his point. Um, I don't think it's as insightful as I would like. You know, there's some stuff with some of Blair and um, and how you know she tries to go back to work, and that's not going to happen because she's kind of mystic because she's tied up kids. Really, stuff I've seen before, and um, like we're talking about with these other movies, like doesn't really incorporate it in an interesting way. It has to stop the movie have that scene, then go on to the next scene. So any point like that, we have to stop the horror thing to do this other thing. And in fact, we have to do it a couple times we're starting to flash back like with the pool table scene. So didn't love that. Um, I don't. I do think that, you know, Taylor is a, is a very smart director in the sense that, you know, he knows how to direct something. He's to give the guy ghostwriter movies. I mean, he's not an idiot. So I think the, mo- the movie is... They worked with Nicolas, Nicolas Cage on right. the film. And, yeah. and, you know, I think they have the big set piece where the parents overrun the school is impressive. I don't think it's like really jaw-dropping or super memorable, but it's, it's like, for me, I was like, wow, this is, I, mean, I didn't know the movie was going to be this large scale. I thought it was all going to be in the house. I liked the daughter a lot, and I liked her boyfriend a lot. I think he has a scene where he goes home to his dad, and there's so much more going on in that one scene than there is with Nick Cage and Selma Blair, where you realize, like, his dad's kind of an alcoholic, and so, you know, he's already kind of violent, and so it takes the son a second to even realize that he, he's now trying to be, 
you know, homicidal. Um, and I think there was so much more going on there than there was with the other peeps. So I, you know, I think that overall, like, I think this is, as with all the movies that we've talked about so far, pretty watchable. Like, this is, this is not a movie I was mad that I had to sit through in any way, shape, or form. I don't think it's boring. I don't think it's uh, badly made. You know, it's got movie stars in it. I just think that it, there isn't a lot at the center of the Oreo. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's not as, it's not really scary. It's more suspenseful. I thought it was going to get crazy. It, it really doesn't. I thought, I, I think Neville Dean and Taylor have an, ex, an extreme um, reputation, but I don't think this movie bears out on that. I don't, I don't think it's really as violent. Despite they were trying to sell it that way. Right, because I think like when they, when they do finally put the kids in jeopardy, they really don't endanger the kids. There is a few neat horror moments where I think like one, they talk to one of the parents and he doesn't have any regret about the fact that he's like kind of killed his kid. Yeah. And he realizes like whatever's happening to them and they don't in very, at least George Romero fashion, don't explain the, the trigger for what might have happened to these guys. Yeah, well, they, have, uh, they speculate. They have Grant Morrison show up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is the weirdest moment where I was like, is that fucking Grant Morrison? For, for people like us who have any idea who fucking Grant Morrison is, it is again one of these moments where the movie kind of starts there. We're like, wait, who the fuck is that? Why don't I know that voice? Oh my God, it's Grant Morrison. He's a big comic book writer. And his, and uh, Taylor directed his TV show, Happy for, uh, for Sci-Fi. So anyways... Um, I've rambled a little bit longer, but that was my point. Uh, you know, it's good. Uh, like I said, I'd like to see more from the girl lead. She's pretty great. So I hope they do put her on more. It's Anne Winters. Yeah, I, it's funny. She was... Uh, Who was in that 13 Reasons uh, Why. Yeah, it's obviously and also a big she was in a movie Netflix. called um, the, Tri- the Tribe that we showed with at uh, Other Worlds. That was the first place we saw her. And that was oh, yeah, pretty, yeah. Really, I remember that. Great. I hope I hope we get to see her. And so, if you haven't seen the tribe, uh, it's pretty good uh, a sci-fi flick. But anyways, uh, oh. Russ, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, you said most of the stuff I was going to say. Um, uh, let me see here. What else you got, Russ? Know, right? I'm Any to other insights? I just wanted to say. Um, I, I think that was the other thing I was going to say about Cage was. It, it's it's uh, it's again it's it's like the the Jack Nicholson and the Shining thing. It's like he always seems a little. And I think that that uh, bothered me in this performance because I know that he can play subtle um, in something like Bringing Out the Dead, which is one of my favorite. Uh, so underrated, yeah, yeah, so underrated, and and um, and 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 so I would have liked to have seen uh, more of a change, and instead he just always kind of seems like Nick Cage through the whole movie, um, and I just, uh, or I guess sort of the the crazy Nick Cage that we all love, whatever, and I I know that. The, the way Taylor makes these movies, they're not particularly realistic. There, there is kind of a, a, a sort of heightened quality to them. So I, I didn't totally take points away from it, but I think that, you know, if you're waiting, he doesn't have to dial it too far when he starts to get the, the virus or whatever makes you want to uh, kill your kids. Um, you know, some, some of the scenes are okay. Some of them are not, as, as we talked about. I, I think... Um, that, that was sort of the problem with the movie was I felt like it, it had these these fits and starts and I'm, oh, I'm kind of interested in this and then I was kind of not interested in this and I think it was interesting what, what Rob was saying because I, I agreed with with him that they, they have this big set piece in the movie and it's obviously one of the things that's meant to to raise the the, the stakes of the movie and the, and the level of production on the movie which is the, the attack on the school I found that one of the least interesting uh, segments in the film it just there, there was other 
better stuff in the movie that was more suspenseful uh, or interesting. But I, I agree that you know the ending's so unsatisfying and the, and the metaphor is left so it, it's it's either too simplistic or too undercooked or or just not clear enough. It just doesn't seem to have enough to say about it. And I, I, I think I just. Um, it, it left me a little cold, but I do think I agree. The movie's very watchable. I don't think I realized it was the, one of the guys from Neveline and Taylor before we watched it, but I think it was almost painfully obvious the minute it started. Um, and I'd like to make a small shout-out to Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, we I are not doing a shout-out to the Ghost Rider. Really? Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, no, you know what? I'm ending it on that note. <laughs> Suck it. Well, I, I mean, I actually agree Buzz with... Buzz review of, of Mom and Dad is Ghost Rider uh, Spirit of Vengeance is pretty watchable. That's, okay. that's the hell he wants to die on. Yeah, that's fine. And I will... I mean, uh, can you hand me those scissors right there so I can stab him in the heart? Gladly. Because that's... Oh, uh, yeah. See, I told you patience didn't <laughs> I love you. Okay, I don't on. like you. I love you. All right. Um... Honestly, I I agree with you guys. I agree bo- with both of you about this movie. Um, I not thought about Ghost Rider, though. not about Ghost Rider, but Fuck about Mom movie. and Dad. Um, so I, I throw a grenade into the Mexican. This this well, movie Drive Angry is good. I, I actually love Drive Angry. I, so shut your fucking is, mouth. No, I'm saying Drive Angry, Drive Angry is, Angry is, good. is I amazing. I was alive. The entire referendum. So far, so this movie is very much like uh, the happening in a lot of ways where it's like this, you know, and it has a lot of same like visual cues as happening does um, with lawnmowers and trains and but it involves kids, which I think uh, most people would agree would make it more tragic. Not for me, honestly, but I'm like, yeah, kill all the kids. Um, But yeah, do you like the happening? No, it's okay. it's a terrible movie. I think every no one liked the happening. Oh, Russ. No, I, I really like. I reference Mark Wahlberg talking to a plant like a hundred times. Hey, plant, where are you going? Hey, I'm just saying. If you take no. nothing away from this podcast, I'd like to say that I like the happening and Ghost Rider Spirit. Uh, oh my god! Moving along. How's your? Who, who, how's who your say, mother? Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> um, that's my Mark Wahlberg. Thank you, Nick. No Nick, I I just want to give a shout out to Nick. Nick from uh, UGO who taught me how to do that Mark Wahlberg Maybe. impression. Maybe still yeah. Uh, it, I didn't say it was good. Okay. I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, mom and dad, it, it's very much like the happening, but with kids, which makes it better in my world. Um, there's there's scenes that are just total failures. There are scenes that are great, like you said, Russ. In particular, I liked uh, the scenes where they try and gas their kids out of the basement oh, because yeah. the the kids are like they're smart. The kids are making good decisions, unlike other horror movies that we talked about tonight. And so they're but Nick Cage and his wife are trying to gas the kids out of the basement, and they're like. That scene was, I don't want to give too much away. And then when the grandparents show up, that was like my favorite part because then the grandparents are trying to kill Nick Cage and his wife. Yeah, and that was, like that was my biggest no, problem. No, I actually. Early on, they're like, oh, our parents are coming. I was like, yeah, okay, I mean, we knew, I did. I'm not saying happen. that we didn't know that was. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm not saying that we Why didn't know. I've not played Nick Cage's dad before. 
That's good true. Point. Good point. That's very true. I'm not saying we didn't know it was going to happen, but I'm just saying that it was awesome when it did happen. It was, I it liked when it. It did pay off well. It, yeah, exactly. Um, honestly, I thought, because I watched this movie quite some time ago. Um, this movie debuted at South by Southwest this year. And so I've, I watched it several months ago before it came out on Hulu. But... I was like, oh man, this is Nick Cage's like horror comeback until I saw Mandy. And now nothing can compare to his performance in Mandy. And this is just like him. You say this is Nick Cage at 11. Mandy is Nick Cage at 19. And that's the, it's the better movie for me. And so now mom and dad is not as good in my minds as it was when I very first watched it. If you want to watch Nick Cage at his best, watch Mandy first. Mandy's just a better movie. It's a way better it is. movie. I'm still not totally in love with Mandy, but it's fine. but it's better than this. It's better than Mom and Dad. Uh, but Mom and Dad was good. Um, it's watchable, I'm, like you guys. I'm said. very mixed on this. I think I like this the least of you guys. Wow. Um, okay. I thought there was a lot that was super predictable. It didn't really have any surprises. I think Nick Cage made a big mistake of trying to sell his character as already being thoroughly broken ahead of time because he's already kind of at 11 before the virus even kicks in. And I was like, this feels like it would be more interesting if we really were feeling more that division between those two characters. Um, there's some weird stuff in the third act where it was like, it feels like Selma's breaking out of the spell and that, what, what that is seemed it? to go nowhere. That went yeah, nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, wait, is that a thing that can even happen? But no, it was. A, there was no purpose to it. It was like, okay, that was odd. Um, I do agree that despite how premeditated the the the, uh, the whole the grandparents are coming, clearly they're going to come and try and kill them. Was it, it did? It was a welcome respite. You know, it, we're like, okay, this movie needed something to break it up, and Lance Hendrickson is is definitely the medicine here to give this a little bit more of like third act, like, uh, we needed something. I think I I I, I can't remember. I think Patience or, or Russ was saying that the the high school chase thing was the most boring part, and it was like, actually, that was probably my favorite part. I wanted that to go on. I was like, yeah, finally, some fucking Taylor slash formerly Neville Dean Carnage. And it didn't never went far enough. I'm like, I wanted this. The movie sold itself as being this is the movie that is going to do everything a horror movie is like not allowed to do. Well, not only that because they were killing kids. Yeah, it's like yeah. oh, horror movies aren't allowed to kill kids, and we're going to kill kids, and they did. But they were so it just felt so like no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. It was like no, guys, if you want to make this work, you got to go 100 percent all the way. And it felt like it was just so tame. I think. What's they have the only one is where her the mom is upstairs and the daughter goes up there uh, to talk to her. Mm-hmm. It's like the only one that we really deal with in a sort of consequential way. I mean, the only one in the sequence in this film that I felt anything from was when she went with her best friend, the daughter, to her best friend's house, who went upstairs to talk to her, her mom, and she comes up and sees that her mom has killed her. It was like, wow, that was kind of fucking shocking moment that nothing like that ever happens again in well, the rest of the Well, it's good because film. it sticks with the rules that she doesn't feel a homicidal instinct towards the other girl. 
Yes. You know, which I think is like a good rule. It's only your own kin. I mean, it's like, such an interesting idea of that, and it's never really explored in a way that finds ways in the plot to make that interesting. No, I'm not sure this movie has anything to say at all. Well, I and, mean, and that's the thing is like it's Taylor. I don't expect something from Brian Taylor to be super filled with subtext, but I do expect it to be like shocking and over the top. And this movie's never really shocking or over the top. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's if, if you're you're here to see I mean, Cage and Cage is is delivering, Cage is but he has no sense of before and after. There's no modulation. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest problem. There's no before and after. Cage is just Cage, and it's like okay. And also, I, I'm not sure that that's a really great reason to see a movie. Is well, let's just watch Nick Cage act. And yet, here we go. Uh, here we go. Yeah, here we are. Watch him eat the cockroach. Mandy. Whatever, you know? Yeah. But, Mandy. But, well, I just think the difference is with, with Mandy, though, is I feel that that is a, that is a really great movie with a, with a really good performance. But I think if you're just selling this... Also, also he's not at 11 the whole movie in Mandy. You know? No. And even once he goes there, there's whole scenes where he doesn't talk at all. Yeah, you know, which is my there, favorite part. Because he doesn't... He's not like... Going crazy because this film could have used more of what Mandy did, which Mandy is a director's film. Mandy is a the star of that film is the director, and if you like that, then you love Mandy. It's it's a a Norwegian death metal movie in slow motion. It's <laughs> like insanely a director's film, and Cage may be the only actor who could have been in it playing that role because he's so heightened and so good at being heightened. He fits into this. This movie should have been a director's film that let Cage be Cage when it was time for him to be it, but but instead it feels like. I, and I don't know, but it feels like there was studio interference. Like, no, 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 no you can't do that. Like you can't do that. Doesn't, it doesn't know exactly what to do with the stuff where they're sort of a domestic family. And honestly, I, I think Neville Dean and Taylor's reputation may be a little overstated. Like, if you go back and watch Gamer, I don't think it's like... Gamer is not good. It's not, but it's not a super extreme movie. I mean, I think no. like it has a couple clever moments. It's, a, it's the best film they did other than the Crank films, I would that's argue. Well, well, that's not saying a lot. And I agree with the Summers Brothers. Like, Crank I love, but Gamer was just not... It wasn't a... I mean, it was overhyped. So it wasn't like, great. I just think they... In the end, I think maybe we expected more from it based on yeah. you know, not necessarily. And in the so. end, the cage you share. But I, I mean, I think ultimately, it's, it's as far cage. as horror films go, it's it's watchable. No, it's 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 better than With that. I think, it's, I, think it's, yeah. I think it's better than <laughs> after having watched these fucking Halloween sequels. Like, <laughs> there, well, no, we're not talking stuff. about the Halloween sequels. No, but I yet. just think like those are junky movies. Yeah, like, they're bad. we went into expecting what we I got. Mean, if you go think about four, five, and six, like they're bad. This is way better than something like. That. I mean, this yeah, is a, yeah. this is a solid indie horror film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd give it like a. I think honestly, like yeah. It, if this were like the old days when you rent stuff from Blockbuster, I'd rent this. I would have been. You would have been. This is better than almost all of the Halloween sequels. I will give you that, but that is such an incredibly low bar. But I'm just saying, like some of the shit we've watched on this, especially like remember those fucking uh, indie movies you watched, like the Dark Tapes. Oh like, dear uh, God! Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Like let's 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 keep some perspective. Like it's 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 not successful, but it's certainly watchable. It's it's definitely watchable, and I think this was actually one of the movies that I wanted to watch. Watch uh, pretty hard. Uh, yeah, I was. I was and, uh, even, even with my even with my feelings towards it, I would still say if somebody asked me like, should I watch it? Like, yeah. 
So when we wrap this up, what are your rankings of the four movies? Oculus, Ruin Me, Dead Shack, Mom and Dad, in oh, terms of one to four. No, well, I mean, because I like, would this say, is the end of the first episode. I would say in Oculus, Dead Shack, Ruin Me, Mom and... No. Oculus, Dead Shack, Mom and Dad, Ruin Me. Okay. Rob? Um, wow. I would say, uh, yeah, Oculus, Dead Shack, Mom and Dad, Ruin Me. Yeah, so the same... The, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just looking at... I think... Uh, Dead Shack and Mom and Dad are kind of tied for me, but I, no, Dead Shack's better. I'd rather watch Dead Shack. So oh, Russ? It's more on. Yeah, same. I, I don't have a different... Uh, I am different. I say Oculus, uh, Ruin Me, uh... Dead Shack, Mom and Dad. So wow. you, you, I mean, so we're pretty clear yeah. about how Mom and Dad ruined, is the worst of the four. Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's because I was really anticipating it. Like I was super looking forward to it. Okay. Expectation. Yeah. yeah. So keep your expectations on. I think you'll like Mom. And Dad. So we all definitely agree that Oculus is the one to watch, though. Oh, Flanagan oh, is our. Yeah. I mean, this podcast, you don't watch. You, you, you know, you time. know that we. But also, we're a little bit sweet on Flanagan. I don't yeah. even think that has anything to do. There's a reason. If he was here, if yeah. he was here, we would all demand a hug. Yes. I was thinking blowjobs, but that's Wait, okay. What? <laughs> I would not demand a blowjob from Mike Flanagan. Are, this, right. are the Summers Brothers going to cut that part out yeah, now? Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, well, that is it for the first half of streaming. Uh, the second half, I'm still not sure on the timing, either next week or, or uh, shortly afterwards, where we'll be covering some prep guys. We're going to be talking about Tragedy Girls, Cold Hell, Stillborn, and revenge. revenge. He said that little deadpan. Are we not going to critique the way he? Uh, can you can you give us a little we'll bit more? Reviewing. Can we get emphasis no, 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 on the syllables? We'll be revealing. Stillborn. I obviously don't hear myself the same way you guys hear me. Stillborn. All right. Are you? I can do this better. Coming next week on Deliberations of Doom. Doom, Doom, the, Doom. The Doom Patrol will be looking at movies like Tragedy Girls, Cold Hell, Stillborn, <laughs> and Revenge. That was so bad. Oh, uh, okay, so Summer's <laughs> Brothers are also going to be cutting that out. Back for Fantastic <laughs> 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 That actually is pretty good. All right, wrap it up.